Hello everyone and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford. I'm coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas. And it's a great blessing to be able to meet with you again today. You know, I always identify the Father's Church in Dallas. And some people say, well, why do you have to say Dallas? You know, there are other churches that are named the Father's Church. Do you realize that? I mean, it's, uh, it's not something that we broadcast necessarily. I guess I'm doing it today. But, you know, I think everybody listening knows we're in Dallas, but they may be in Arizona and wonder, well, is, is this the Father's Church in Tucson or is this the Father's Church in Dallas? They may be in French. Is this the Église du Père uh, here or, or is it, you know? So the Father's Church in Dallas is where we are, and so that's why I say it. And speaking of Dallas, we do welcome you to the seminar that's coming up very soon now. In fact, uh, it's just a little over a month away. We hope you are making plans to be here, if possible. We're looking forward to what God has in store for us. The title of the gathering is Rama. And I know that's not that's not some catchy, you know, come hither kind of a title, but it, it is called that for a reason, and I believe we're in this season of establishing places where um, God's presence wants to be known. And again, you might say, well, hasn't that always been our objective? Yeah, yeah, in a way, but as is so often the case with the scripture, you um, you are faithful in the small things and you're made ruler over many. The principles upon which God's miracle power come are built on measures of understanding and belief. It's not works. It's simply the line upon line of the way God moves. And throughout my lifetime, people have always wanted a quick fix to power. And, you know, so they're chasing here, chasing there, looking for miracles when God is looking for an abiding presence. And so um, we come to this point and we talk about Rama and we're really saying this is what God had wanted all along in the narrative of how he worked with his people. But it finally came to a point where God has desired we're going to establish this and it's going to be an official thing. I'm not going to preach the seminar right now. But this, this title has meaning. And we look forward to sharing that impartation and direction and focus going forward for, um, for the days to come. So it's in the middle of September. September 12th begins. And we look forward to sharing that time with you. Today, we want to consider an aspect of the eyes of faith that we've never really talked about to this point. It's, it's a wonderful understanding in Scripture that with no pun 
being intended is often overlooked. But it's the principle of looking upon that has great meaning in the scripture and it sets the stage for um, continuing to walk in expectation it comes alongside the in of the eyes of the Lord and it's distinct from the ra'ah concept of gleaning between something that has been broken and wanting to see what God really desires. So you say, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, it has a lot to do with you. First of all, I've never understood why people, when you start wanting to talk about the deeper things of God, they get glassy-eyed and they, they say, oh, make it simple for me. No teacher, well, I won't say this. In some schools today, they don't care whether the students learn or not. But, you know, if, if when I, at least when I was in high school, the teachers I had would never have bought into, you know, just give me the answers. I don't really want to have to engage my mind. That, that never would have cut it. And sometimes when we start talking about the scripture and we say, look at what this word means. Why did the spirit choose this word? You know, sometimes people then say they're too, you know, they're not, they're not capable of understanding the ways of God. You better be really careful with that. And, you know, anytime God wants to show me something in his word, I rejoice because that means his word is going to find a new place within me that it had not been able to have to that point. Also, an understanding of biblical definitions unlocks the scriptures the living word in ways that we've never had before Jesus is the living word so if we say oh just make it simple I you know this is too hard for me it's not too hard for you first of all but we're really saying I don't believe that I can function in the word and we're also saying I don't believe that I can know Jesus in the way that he is inviting me to know him. That's dangerous ground. So, you know, I, I was around um, people that were professional students when I was in seminary, and I blessed them. But there, there were people that were just studying for the purpose of studying. And... You say, how can that be? Well, well, it is the case. And I bless them if that's what they want. We study at the direction of the Spirit so that we can know God in a deeper way. Not to disprove Him, but to unlock the power of what His Word promises. 
Oh, bless God, I know all there is that I need to know about the Word. That's dangerous ground, too. It really is. Because we're saying, God, I have it all now. I don't need for you to guide me into anything further. Do you recognize the obstinance? And I could give a lot of other descriptions descriptions of that statement. It's just ridiculous. So today we want to look at, let me rephrase. Today we want to examine a measure of looking in the scripture that is very important. You'll find that this, to me, is an imperative if we're going to become the 70 and be able to establish wells of water where weeping has been. Let's take as our signature passage Genesis 15, 5. If we're going to find one, this is a great one. God brings Abram out away from everybody. And in Genesis 15, 5, he said, He brought him forth abroad, and God said to Abram, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars. If you be able to number them, and he said, so shall your seed be. And Abram believed the Lord. That's Ammon, the right hand. He believed in the Lord, in God's plan. And God counted it to him for righteousness. Now we also know that righteousness is a form of seeing. But that's not our topic today. We've taught on that before. What our topic is where God said, look now toward heaven. This is the Hebrew word nabat. And it, it's got a very curious etymology of where this word came from. Because the root of this means to bring light or to bring to light. It means to dig a well until you find water. It means to cause water to spring up. A derivative mabat of this means expectation. So here we have a word that means not only to look and believe, but it means to be willing to do the work to discover water or to cause water through your energies to spring forth, to cause light to be discovered and to be shining forth. And so look here is not just to give a glance somewhere. It very clearly and undeniably 
has to do with you recognizing, expecting that there's water to be found and you dig till you find it. Look now toward heaven and number the stars. So will your seed be. And Abram heard that at the right hand. He engaged in the Lord. He engaged in he believed Amon in Yahweh. And God said, this is righteousness. This is what it means to obey, believe, and to see and discover provision. I'm, I'm amazed by that. So really, if, if we are going to um, be a righteous person, functioning at the right hand of God, we have to do what God says. We have to embrace the plan of Yahweh. And we have to be willing to do the work in, a, in that point of obedience to bring forth light to discover water and then to make it available this is a this is an important concept you think about how many times the scriptures talk about wells or water from the rock or um, measures of turning weeping into a an established point of maturity of a well. God really does mean this, and I recognize in ancient times they didn't have water spigots and you know the ability to go and um, um, turn faucets handles in your house and immediately get water. I, I recognize that. I mean, even in my grandparents' day, you had to you had to find a well and you need to find a way to get water from the well if you're gonna have water. And that was the that was the difference between death and life in a lot of locations where there weren't streams or creeks or rivers. And um so it was life and death to find a well. God uses that to say in righteousness and in walking with me and in your expectation, you need to hear, you need to commit to my ways, you need to believe at the right hand in intercession and as a son, and then you need to be willing to do the work of faith to bring forth light to dig the well and to bring forth water this same guy's um, progeny was famous for redigging the wells of Abram and that was in the natural Isaac did that but spiritually we need to be willing to do this and that's work. It's not 
Oh, just bring me a case of Ozarka from Sam's. I'll have some water. That's nice to have, isn't it? You know, it's pure. I'm sure the people in East Texas don't like their water being transported all over the place, but um, or or, or let let's let's just get let's just get organic with it, and let's go to Mineral Wells and get us some crazy water. Not only will we have water, but we'll be invigorated, much like Popeye with his can of spinach. If we drink that, we'll we'll be able to teach quantum physics. Yeah, that that story about the crazy water that some a woman was kind of nuts. Well, there's a long list of them, and um, she went and drank some of this water and immediately became of right mind. Now that could happen. Maybe she had a nutrient imbalance or something, and suddenly she was restored and was well. That's great. But you you've got to recognize that in the spirit realm. This word to look, and we're going to look at exam. We're going to explore some examples of this. Means to be willing to obey God, and to dig till the water comes. To break through till the light shines. It's not just declaring and decreeing. I mean, I can declare and decree to the spade all day long, but until I put it in my hand and start to digging. I'm not any closer to that water. So Genesis 15.5, God says, look now toward heaven. Can you expect that what heaven's going to show you? Can you do the digging into heaven? Oh, but you're making it about works. Even the people who preach that are supposed to be doing the work of the ministry. So don't don't dismiss this by saying it's by faith and not by works. Show me thy faith by thy works. We forget to, to quote that part of what Paul said. So look is a digging a well. It is a breaking through to welcome light. And that's what this word means. Um... It's where your expectation is. It's where your source is. And it's it's unique that the next time this is used um, is in Genesis 19. You know, the angels um, come to Lot's place and um, they tell Lot... Look, as you're, as you're going in, in chapter 19, verse 17, escape for your life. Do not look behind you. Neither stay in the plain. Escape to the mountain lest you be consumed. The angel said this. What was it saying? It wasn't just looking back. It was... Your reliance on that place, that world system, dare I say that wickedness as your supply, don't look back there anymore. And of course, you're ahead of me when you know that 
Lot may have understood this, but his wife had no desire to obey that. And in verse 26 of that same chapter, his wife looked back, same word, and she became a pillar of salt. That was her supply. That's where she had placed her expectation. That's what got them into problems to begin with. Um, and it, it's, it's, really, it's really a shame. It, it really is a shame. Now you say, oh, pastor, now, when Lot left Abram, didn't God say to Abram, look now and see what I'm going to give you? Yeah, that was, that was another word. That was a ra'ah. See how this thing has been broken. The nonsensical view of Lot. But you look toward what faith is. It was a ra'ah thing. These three in Genesis, Abram looked toward the heavens, Nabat. The angels, this is angel terminology, say to Lot, we're going to get you out of here, righteous Lot. Still quibble about why the scripture says that, but it says it so it must be true. In, in the New Testament. Um, don't look, I'm getting you out of here. Don't, don't look back in, in your faith, in your expectation anymore. Lot's wife went ahead and did it. I think she was the stinker in the mess. She was the one that injected worldly ambition into him, and he should have known better. But be that as it may, it's all in the bot. Now, there are a lot of these instances. You can study them for yourself. But we're going to look at a couple of others of these, which I think are really appropriate for us today. Numbers, um, let's see, where do we want to go? Numbers 12.8. Here, God is speaking about Moses and he's he's really coming face to face with Miriam and Aaron and this was after they'd had their tambourine dance and God says to them as they were complaining against Moses verse 8 of Numbers 12 with Moses, I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, not in dark speeches, the similitude of the plan of God will he behold. There is Nabat. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my service, servant Moses? The anger of the Lord was kindled against them. Wow. But here's Moses. We talk about mouth to mouth. Dark speeches is not his forte. It's the similitude of the Lord or the forming of what the plan of God is. Moses will nabat. That's interesting. God thinks enough of it to make this apparent to these people that Moses knew how to hear from God and to obey 
and to bring forth water and light on behalf of God's plan. In Numbers 21.9, remember the time when Moses was commanded by God to make a serpent of brass and put it on a pole? And if the serpent had the serpents had bitten any man, when that person nabat this serpent on a pole, they would be healed. They God made that the these people it was because of their disobedience um, that they walked into a point of judgment. And from that point of judgment, God made the people look upon this serpent of brass. There's a lot of extrapolations of this, you know. Um, Christ on the cross, that's a wonderful thing. But out of the midst of their sin, they were forced to believe in that icon, as it were, that was on that pole. And if they did, they gained healing. Let's keep looking. This is a good one for us coming up. I, uh, 1 Kings 18, here is where Elijah is going to, through the obedience to the word of the Lord, going to see the drought broken. And he said to his servant, as, as Elijah was praying, Go now and look, there's our word, toward the sea. And we, he went up and looked, said, There is nothing. And Elijah said, go seven times. This was a digging of intercession. We've studied recently about how that in the rainforests, what comes up out of the sea is a latter rain. And so here's Elijah offering intercession his whole process on the top of that hill was to cleanse, to obey God, to cleanse the evil of, well, to do a work of cleansing. There was still more cleansing to be done. So that's, that's Elijah's responsibility as an intercessor. But you ask of God, you shall of God for the latter rain. He sees this cloud come up out of the sea then, like a man's hand. And he said, go up to Ahab, prepare your chariot, get thee down the rain, stop you not. The looking was Nabat. It was literally the digging of the light, the digging of the well, the digging of obedience. Seven times the fullness of the ways of God. There's a lot there. This insight into Nabat, a double issuance of lot of, of Nabat, is a key ingredient to what Elijah was all about. And 
or what he was supposed to be. We are walking in the days of Elijah. We would do well to understand this Nabat principle. Yes, we believe in righteous vision. Jira, we believe that. Yes, we believe in the Ra'ah. Yes, we believe in the Ayin. These are all wonderful things. We believe them. But if you're going to start digging in the plan of the Lord in obedience, it has to be with Nabat. Are you seeing this? No pun intended. Um, just the next chapter over to come um, in um, chapter 19, verse 6, the angel made a cake and had a cruise of water for Elijah to eat. And verse 6, and he looked. It, it, that's interesting. He didn't just glance over in his hunger, he didn't say, hey, wait a second. Here's some food. What do I smell cooking on those coals? He looked. Unique usage of a word here. This, are, are, are we saying that it took a measure of faith for him to access God's provision and the angelic ministry on his behalf? That's the word that's used. It wasn't just an idle glance. Even an idiot, if they're hungry, can see a cookie on a table. But, but this is Nabat. I wonder where we are right now. I really wonder why God's showing this to us right now. Because I recognize that there are pressures. First of all, we're in a wonderful position in the Lord. Don't get me wrong. The enemy doesn't want us to, to believe this, but we're in a wonderful position. Um, but we're being asked to participate with God in the miraculous in ways that we've never been asked before. It's a step forward into a measure of promotion that is demanding of us prophetic and apostolic ministry unlike anything we've known. For Elijah he had to he had to look send his servant out to look while he was praying there on the top of that mountain with his head to the ground between his legs i don't really understand with the angel with the cake on the coals in the water what all is involved with Elijah having to look to find that in this way? 
the rest of the story as it proceeds as he goes to Horeb would indicate that this was that he was in he was in a territory of faith that was beyond what he had known and and I think what we shared on Sunday when God said Elijah and the connotation was what 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 should you be doing in this moment not went on in the past not what went on you know in these awful people that were coming against you not what you're looking forward into the future what what have i given you right here what is your duty that makes such an important thing uh, that's such an important thing in where we are in battle expectation can you believe what's in front of you whose report will you believe the voice of fear and doubt people who have abandoned their post people who have mistreated you dishonored you dare I say cursed you are, are you in the moment with me now faith is are you here with me and Elijah looked and there was a cake on the coals hmm interesting you can process that now we want to look at another really powerful instance of this and like I said there are lots of these you have your Bible program meditate on them do some do some work dig a little bit how about that dig a little bit we're going to skip right through Psalms and Proverbs even though some of you love that and I do too and we're going to we're going to go to Isaiah Isaiah chapter 63 here is Isaiah prophesying what God says Isaiah 63 verse 5 and I looked Nabat and there was none to help and I wondered that there was none to uphold Therefore my own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury, it upheld me. God looked. Now, some of you have already started to think about this other passage in Isaiah. We're going to go to it now. Isaiah 59, 16, four chapters earlier. And here is the famous one that we love to quote. And he saw that there was no man, no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness had sustained him. This is interesting, because saw there is ra'ah. So God looked at what should have been, 
and discern what was broken. And so he decided that he was going to be the intercessor through his son, Christ Jesus. And then Isaiah, through the power of the Spirit, revisits that four chapters later, and here saw his look, and it is Nabat. So God deduced, he recognized, like what we said, the root of Ra'ah is a word that means to be broken. Something is broken. Not work, not broken and spilled out. Something is not working right. And the desire is to make it what it should be, which is the root of holiness, the passion of the saints. God analyzed that. But he knew that there wasn't intercession. You know, people can lay people can pray all day long, and it's great. That's great. But you've got to have somebody that really enters into this realm that Abram did, that Moses did, that Elijah did, and that Elijah was supposed to. And here is God deducing a ra'ah, but then four chapters later referencing the same thing it's Nabat. Somebody has to dig till the water comes. Somebody has to make that well. And I would think that the IN individual, the 70, the mature one, the maker of wells where there's been weeping, would employ all of these. And that's what makes them a mature person. It's not just one, or it's not just another. Now there was a time, like remember when Hagar and Ishmael Ishmael were out, they'd gotten the left foot of fellowship from from uh, Abram and Sarah, and they're out there and the angel comes and causes water to spring up. God can do that. But, you know, and what, what about Moses? Go and strike the rock. Now this time I want you to go and speak to the rock. That was a digging. And he did not do what the Ammon said. He did not apply those principles. And God said, you didn't pattern this measure of holiness before these people. And they really need to know this going into the land. They, know, they need to know how to make this water come. You, you've got to show it, and then you've got to teach it. Somebody else would have to do that. And the next person would be Samuel. Because from that time, through the days of the judges, once Joshua, read it in the scripture, it's good reading people did what was right in their own eye and they did whatever they wanted to do and then Samuel comes along and he has to teach them the ways of the Lord he has to teach them the principles of Ramah so 
God himself does this for our salvation and and for the role of an intercessor. Last one, and like I said, there are many, is found in another signature passage for us. It's found in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah. Now we've studied about this and we've we've talked about how important um, the the work of Zechariah was in um, in preparing the way for um, for the people of God to move and to welcome the presence of of God into uh, the place that he had ordained I, I I just I, I just marvel at how these scriptures all um, all just weave word by word by word by word by word uh, these deep concepts and these principles but Zechariah was really important he paved the way for Nehemiah and Ezra um, but Zechariah did a lot of that digging. So Zechariah 12.10. This is so amazing. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication and they shall look Nabat upon me whom they have pierced grace and supplication being poured out upon the house of David and this of course talks about Jesus sacrifice but they will have to as a result of grace and supplication look Nabat we talked about the serpent on a pole um, and the need to look here the inhabitants of the house of David in Jerusalem spirit of grace and supplication is poured out um, and they, they have to look upon the one on the cross this is so important. This was quoted in the New Testament. But this business of looking is, is so... <sighs> mis, not, I don't even say misunderstood. It's just not been grasped. It's not just to perceive. If, if this word comes from digging until you strike water or believing 
the right hand until the answer comes and that's righteousness if it's God looking for an intercessor if it's Elijah's servant looking seven times till the cloud of a man's hand comes this is dare I say I got to come up with a better word than work but it is the work of the it's the work of the intercessor and and we have to we have to recognize how important this is you think about the the atmosphere in which these words this word was used abram not having any sons that is the atmosphere lot in the midst of wickedness and evil that is the atmosphere um the people of God in points of haughtiness saying who is this guy we we hear from God just like he does God says this guy is looking which separates him from you what an atmosphere God himself looking on a world that had forgotten what it meant to commune with him. No intercessor. God wondering. But also God looking. He's viewing something that is broken. And God himself looks. And his own arm has to come. Grace and supplication will cost you. Even if it's poured out on your little old noggin in big buckets full. Pour out is pour out. Remember Jack Hayford talking about the day of Pentecost, the pour out, I will pour out my spirit, Joel 2, on all flesh. And he equated it to being on an airplane when in a certain part of the cabin they would offer to make you an ice cream sundae and he he would say when it came to the point of pouring the chocolate or the caramel on the top he'd say keep pouring pour it out that's great you don't want to say that if you've gone past your time and people are hungry but even when grace and supplication is poured out There's still the work of having to look upon the one you're partnering with and to look upon that cross, that histeme. It's not of works, but it is work. It's of grace, but grace involves a partnership and it will cost you something. How many times have we taught this from the scripture? Hannah, the one that would bring forth Samuel, was God's partner. 
Her name means grace. She's offering supplication, ridiculed, mocked by those in her own household. Grace cost her something. These are strange moments. And you're facing things you've not faced before. I know I am. The objective is to remember what God has shown you and not forget his instruction from the word and not forget all that God has promised. The enemy wants you not to believe. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to view what people are doing or not doing and and let that be a factor in your possibly giving up. This is what the enemy wants. Saul looked out over the people who decided that they he didn't have it and they were going to they were going to forsake him. Some went into caves. Some went back across the Jordan. And seeing that rattled him. I don't think it would make him feel good. What was he supposed to do? Jump up, click his heels and say, Yippee, they're leaving me. But instead of believing the Lord and knowing what God had said, took matters into his own hands. Believe me, I know that feeling. It's a good place to be in. But this is as much a part of the word as John 3.16 is. If we want to be like, well, what God has called us to be, first of all. But if we want to be as Moses, as Abram, if we want to be as um, what Zechariah spoke about. We've got to understand this. And do it. So we're digging. We're believing. We're expecting. And isn't what that what Jesus said so many times? when he stood before somebody there he was the son of God in front of them and he'd say what do you want can you believe we know that he was in places where they didn't believe and he couldn't do things there don't abandon hope keep digging and with that digging you're with the Lord don't don't abandon commune with him you're with God you're trusting his ways his plan you are believing what he said at the right hand you regardless of what's going on around you you keep digging knowing in expectation there's water here.
Oh yeah, the people over here are weeping. But I'm turning this place because God has said this into a well. And this is what makes you a 70. I am. Preaching to myself as well. Go and look out over the ocean. Tell me what you see. I don't see anything. 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 Wait. I see a cloud size of a man's hand. Okay. That's it. Friends, that's that's digging. That's digging. We are there. How many times have you took a glance at the sky? Four? Five? Are you about to give up? Wait for the ways of the Lord. God is faithful. So, Nabat, study that out. But remember, remember, the root of this is to dig with expectation until you strike water. To search for the light until it comes. To strike at the place that God has sent you to until resource flows forth. That's look. That's expectation. This is what God's working in us. So God bless you all. Thank you. We look forward to what um, is ahead for us. And um, just trust the Lord. Remain faithful. God's with you. Thanks so much for joining. Till next time, goodbye.